Good morning. Thanks, Nathan. At least I know you're awake. Oh, good morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. We're going to uh, we're going to start a new uh, series called "The Letdown." So uh, we're going to be dealing with uh, disappointment and uh, unmet expectations and hope and uh, things like that for the next couple of weeks. So my, my first question for you today is, have you ever felt let down? I mean, have you ever felt let down? Yeah? You know, you put your trust in someone or something, and it just doesn't come through the way that you wanted it to. It just doesn't happen the way you want it to, or perhaps they, something happens like, 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 for instance, now that football season is upon us, perhaps you root for a team. Perhaps you have a favorite team, like, like Andy and the Raiders. And, and you just feel let down every time the Raiders lose. Right, Andy? Have you, uh, ha- have you ever been rooting for a team and, and then they, they let you down? I know it was that way last week when the Ducks lost for me. But uh, I know it wasn't that way for others that vote root for Auburn. But, but I, 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 root, I root for like the Pac-12, you know? And the Pac-12 notoriously lets you down every single season. They consistently do that. The only teams I root for out of the Pac-12 is Michigan, and they continually let me down every single game. But, you know, there's always something, right? There's there's things that let us down in life. Maybe maybe it wasn't football. Not everybody. My wife tells me I shouldn't talk about football because not everybody likes football. So let's talk about the second best sport, rugby. No, we won't talk about rugby. Even though World Cup is coming up, in case you guys wanted to know, October. Okay. Maybe it was a birthday, right? I remember as a kid, I, I've, I was like anticipating my 10th birthday, right? Because your, your 10-year-old birthday, that was a good year, you know? I think I was like fourth grade or fifth grade. It was a good year. Transformers were pretty big. I was going to get a lot of Transformers. I think I got Optimus Prime. It was a good birthday. My mom actually let me have friends over for like a sleepover. They hung out. It was really good. Until so my sister let me down because she beat me up in front of my friends. <laughs> but maybe it's a birthday or, or, or something somebody promised or a friend or even somebody like, maybe somebody was supposed to visit you and then they, they couldn't or maybe they didn't or maybe they forgot. Uh, maybe you were let down by something even greater. Maybe, maybe you felt let down by God. Perhaps you felt let down by God, like God pulled the rug out from underneath you on something. I know in the back of your minds, maybe you're saying, you can't say that, Robert, because God doesn't let us down. We know that. But it happened. We can feel that way. I know there's times in my life where I looked up and I said, God, what are you, what are you doing? Why, why are we going through this right now? Are you, are you kidding me? Is this a joke? I think God is okay with us asking those questions. I think God's okay when we go, I feel disappointed, God. I feel disappointed. You know, I think God's okay when sometimes we feel uncomfortable. In fact, I know he's fine 
when we feel discomfort and pain in our life. He's okay with that. And I think he's okay when we get a little upset and say, emotionally, God, I feel like I'm being let down. I mean, we have entire books in the Bible on this particular subject. We have entire books in the Bible for our edification that talk about when we feel let down. Today, we're going to be reading from one of those books. We're going to be reading from the Psalms. And the Psalms provide a valuable resource for us, not just as a songbook with some great thousand-year-old hymns, but they're great stories of people who went through trying times where they felt pain and they came back from that. Today's psalm is Psalm 42, so you can mark your Bibles at Psalms 42. We'll get there in just a minute. This particular psalm shows us that, first of all, we can come to God with all of our emotions. We can come to Him with all of our emotions, all of our feelings. We can come to Him just the way we are. And second, it gives us hope. Hope is the key to surviving the disappointments that we have in life. It doesn't negate the fact that we're going to have disappointments. That's inevitable. But it says it's okay. There's hope for that disappointment. See, hard circumstances we're all going to face, right? And I don't care who you are. Nobody's exempt from hard circumstances. For some of us, they're financial struggles. For others, it's job loss, health issues, exhaustion for caring for little children, uh, exhaustion for caring for elderly parents, exhaustion for just hoping your teenager makes it through his teenage life. <clears throat> Exhaustion from just the daily grind of life. At points in our lives, we're all going to face discouragement as believers. Even though our faith is in God, sometimes we feel defeated. Sometimes we feel let down, like, like our lives haven't turned out quite the way we thought they were going to, or the way we thought they should. Even though our faith is in God, sometimes we can hit rock bottom. So let's go ahead and turn to Psalms 42. I like this psalm. Sometimes, like the psalmist, we need something more in our lives. I think that's where Psalms 42 talks about. It talks about finding this more in our lives. Psalms 42, verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation, and my God, my soul, is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you, from the land of Jordan and of Hemron and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. 
All your breakers and your waves are gone over, have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemies? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. Why they say why they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. See, in verse three, I like this. In verse three, the psalmist's enemies, they taunt him. Where is your God? It's, that's a saying that we hear today as Christians. Where is your God? You know who asked us that question? Satan asked us that question. And in times of doubt and in times of pain in our lives, Satan comes and he says, oh, where is your God? He's left you. Our enemy Satan will attack us in the darkest seasons of our lives. But we can't give in to the temptation to believe that God has abandoned us because God told us He wouldn't abandon us. Instead, like the psalmist models for us, we must declare to ourselves that even to our oppressors, that our hope is still in God. Our hope is still in love. Part of surviving a difficult season is being real. That sounds silly, but, but it's true. It's part of surviving a difficult time in our lives is being real. It's being real with God. It's being real with our friends and with our family. And it's being real with our church. See, if we can't bear our emotions to God, then who can we bear them to? If we can't bear emotions to our friends and our families when we hurt, who can we bear them to? If we can't share those emotions with the church when we're hurting, who can we bear them to? Part of finding hope and getting through tough times in life is being real with people and sharing what's going on in our lives. The psalmist reiterates this in verses 3, 5, and 6, describes this emotional distress that he's going through. He gets down to just the emotional root of what's going on in his life. He even describes his prayers of raw honesty in verses 9 through 10. This is one of the reasons that here at Southeast, we believe small groups are so important. Here's my small group plug. You can turn off or whatever you got to do right now, but this is a small group plug right here. Because this is important. When we get together as a small group, it's a time in a small environment where we can be real with each other. We can share our emotions and our feelings with each other. We can share what's going on in our lives. We can share the disappointments that we had. Like, man, Robert really wished your sermon would have been better. Yeah, man, I really wish Jim's singing would have been better. But it's real. We can be real with each other in a safe environment. It's a place where we get to share what's going on in our lives. 
And we get to pray for each other, and we get to comfort each other, and we get to hold each other up. I encourage you, if you're not involved in a small group, you should be. You should be. There are four small groups right now that are starting back up here in September, and I encourage you to get involved in one of those four. All right, into the plug. Disappointment is a natural part of life. Sorry to say that, but disappointment is a natural part of life. We never get everything that we want exactly the way we want. Life is not Burger King, right? We constantly get disappointed. Disappointment is a natural part of life, but if we let it fester too long, if we let that disappointment fester too long inside of us without remedy, it's going to turn dark. It's going to turn bad. And it could turn destructive inside of us. And we could end up in a place of hopelessness. Daisy this week told me that uh, she had a really interesting science project at school on Friday. I said, what'd you do? She goes, we made a solar oven. I said, oh, how'd it work? She goes, I don't know, it was cloudy. <laughs> I said, well, it's her favorite class is science, and she just loves it. And I said, well, at least that was fun. She goes, well, sort of. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, we had to have partners, and my partner was Mary. I said, well, Mary's your friend. Not exactly. I said, Mary's not your friend? I thought Mary was your friend. I get confused about our friends a lot. She says, no, Dad, Mary hasn't been my friend for a while. I said, why is that? Well, she called me a loser. I said, was that last week that Mary called you a loser? Oh, no. It's been like a year or so. I'm like, Daisy, does Mary know that you're upset because she called you a loser like a year ago? No. Did you confront Mary with that? No. I said, you've just been letting it fester inside of you? Yeah. I said, you know what? You're not helping Mary and you're not helping yourself. It's just eating you alive. It's not bothering her at all, I promise you. Well, what should I do? I said, well, maybe go talk to Mary on Friday about how when she said that about you, it hurts your feelings. I said, she probably doesn't even remember saying it. It was so long ago. Daisy said, I'm going to do that. I'll let you know next week if she did it. But when we let things like that fester inside of us, they eat us alive. They destroy us. They make us feel hopeless. Hopelessness is deadly. But the presence of hope can be a life vest that keeps us afloat in times of trouble. The presence of hope is what can bring us back out of the fog, back out of the darkness, back out of just this awfulness that we feel when we're disappointed. The psalmist seems to understand that even through circumstances, even though, even though circumstances are bleak, God is faithful, and that brings hope. The psalmist reminds himself to praise God, to sing to him, to worship him as a way to stay connected to that hope, as a way to find that hope and regenerate it in their heart, even though they're in times of despair. If we turn, toward God's in, if we turn towards God in time of trouble, we can find safety. We can find reconciliation. We can find a breath. We do this not just by singing. We do this through prayer. We can do this through study. We can do this through 
spending time with Christian friends. We can do it through learning more about God and having fellowship with people that can help us and encourage us. We do it through our relationship with God and His family. You know, it's kind of funny that it sounds like a collective experience that you might have here on a Sunday morning. Coming together in community is an important part of our Christian life because it is where we get to lift each other up and it's where we get to share with each other what the burdens of life that have gotten us down and where we can encourage and edify and teach and sing and praise. Coming together in community is what God wants us to do because our God is a God of relationship. It's a place where hope can be restored, built up, and find some light in our lives. And we can find some of that light to shine onto the disappointment that we feel in our lives. We will ultimately be disappointed if we place our hope and our trust and our confidence, our purpose and our life goals in other people. We will constantly be disappointed if we place all that in our jobs. And we will constantly be disappointed if we place that in ourselves. We will always let ourselves down. No one can carry that kind of load in their life. I guarantee it. I've only ever heard of one person that can. Jesus can bear that load. And Jesus wants to bear that load. You can all place your hope in Jesus because Jesus can bear all that load. Now that sounds silly, but that is what he can do. He can take all that disappointment that you have all that despair, all that sadness that you built up inside yourself over whatever it was that disappointed you. And he can take that from you if you'll give it to him. And he can hold on to it. He can bear that load. We have a hope. We have a hope in this life as a Christian. And it is Jesus Christ. He is our Savior, our Redeemer. He is our relationship. And it's with him that we come to God. And he gives us our hope. In a few minutes, Jim's going to have us sing a song it's specifically about this idea of putting our hope in Jesus. I'm pretty sure it's called, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. My hope is built on nothing less. The words of this song come from the theology that's found in the parable of the wise man who built his house on the rock and a mixture of 1 Corinthians 10.4. You guys all know the parable of the wise man who built his house upon the rock? Right? The wise man builds his house upon the rock. We teach that to the children. The wise man builds his house upon the rock because it's a solid foundation. The foolish man builds his house in the sand, and his house sinks and washes away. In 1 Corinthians 10.4, Paul explains the faith of Moses and the Israelites as they wandered in the desert. He says, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Christ. Paul goes on to elaborate on that whole parable. The, the wise man builds his house upon the rock, and the rock is Christ. The song explains it like this. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. What a song. All other ground is sinking sand. He doesn't say some of the other ground is sinking sand. 
all other ground outside of Christ is sinking sand. The only thing in life that you can put your hope in that is going to be solid forever and ever is Jesus. Everything else will disappoint you. Perhaps you're sitting here today and you don't know what this hope is that I'm talking about. Perhaps you don't know who Jesus is or you're just finding out about Jesus and hope in your life. I want to share that with you. I want to share with you who Jesus is, what he's done in my life, how he has brought me hope in times of despair. I'm sure there's others here that want to share that same story with you. It'll be their story how Jesus brought them hope when they were in despair. But perhaps you have been thinking about Jesus, and perhaps you do want hope, and you desire this hope that I'm talking about, and that's why you're here today. Perhaps you've put your faith in other things, and they've all become sinking sand, and you're looking for that rock. You're looking for that rock that can help you wade through the waters of despair, so that you no longer have to deal with the pressures of life. Jesus is that rock. We can help you with that today as well. I'd love to sit and talk to you about that. Or perhaps you're like me. You've been a follower, for a, Christ, a follower of Christ for a while. And in the chaos of life, as it is, the distractions that are set before us, the clouding of our vision, if you will, from Satan, We've lost our foothold on that rock. And we begin to step off into that sinking sand, trusting in things that we shouldn't trust in. Trusting in things other than Jesus. And all you found is disappointment. Don't let the world distract you. Don't let Satan pull you off the rock. Don't let Satan pull you down there into that sinking sand. Don't let sin pull you away anymore. Come back to that rock. Let us help you reestablish yourself in Christ and get that firm foothold that you desire as we stand and we sing.